Welcome to the One Stiletto in the Grave podcast with your hosts, Sonny Ormond and Jane James. Well, hello, everyone. Oh, I feel a song coming on as we talk Eurovision and the Ambridge Variety Show. What do they have in common? Why, Rylan, of course. We talk Archer's Analytics with Jake, Cork Caps with Sonny, and the mystery of Marmite with Janie. <laughs> we chew the card about cruise ships, sniffer dogs, donuts, and Spanish hot chocolate. Oh, yes, and Dorothy drops in. Here's Janie. Are you ready to cast off those dull old blacks and greys and embrace colour? Kettlewell sells high quality wardrobe essentials in more than 300 colours. From everyday basics to jackets, skirts, dresses and scarves, each Kettlewell style comes in a range of colours in four seasonal palettes, so you can choose the exact shade for your skin tone. And when you wear your perfect shade, your skin looks fresh, glowing and youthful. We're ready to embrace the rainbow. Are you? Visit Kettlewell at www.kettlewellcolors.co.uk Hi everyone, we're recording this just a little time after Eurovision, which I missed because I was at a very, very, very lovely wedding. But I know you watched the whole thing, didn't you, Sonny? I did. I did. Yes, we did. Uh, it was it was marvellous. I mean, it was quite an extravaganza. Uh, you, 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 you missed quite something, actually. And I'm sure if you had been there in Liverpool, it must have been amazing because it was like this huge light show. The money that must have been spent on all the, the, the variations for the acts must have been just absolutely amazing. Uh, but yeah, it was a real extravaganza. And we did, st- we, we, we stuck with it, I have to say, because as each act came on, your sort of jaw fell a bit more to the ground because you couldn't quite believe what was going on. No, it was it was amazing. It was amazing, actually. Mm. Uh, Ambridge, of course, celebrated Eurovision in their inimitable way, didn't they? It did indeed. It had its very own extravaganza. Uh, it was the Eurovision variety show uh, mm. in Ambridge, actually, uh, organised by Linda. Oh, she was one of the organisers, eventually. Uh, and of course thrilling for Ambridge because we had Rylan, Rylan yeah. Clark, who actually appeared to do the judging of the variety show. And he came in and he recorded an episode. Um, unfortunately, it was the episode before mine because I was actually recording that day, but I did meet him. And I had a little photo taken with Rylan as well, which no. was deeply exciting. Yes. And he's d- he is such a lovely man. Can't tell you what a, a delightful chap he is. And was so good in the episode. Yes. And everybody said, all the actors, you know, who worked with him, said he was just a natural. So, so yes, we had dear, we had Rylan, um, so, which was brilliant. Do you know how that came about? Is he an Archer's fan? As I, well, I think he is, but as I understand it, I, I think it was the producers actually um, of Eurovision, because of course Rylan was actually commentating. Yeah, yeah. And I think they thought, and I think one of the producers was, is a great fan of the Archers, one of the right. Eurovision producers um, in Britain, and thought it would be a great idea. So, so that was that was how I think it came about, as I understand it. Um, so yeah, it was thrilling to have him, to have him there with us. But yeah, it was it was good fun, of course in Ambridge and and I believe Freddie actually um won it in 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 Ambridge mm-hmm. that the contest but what amused me was uh that Lillian apparently I don't know if you remember this listeners but Lillian apparently wanted to enter and she wanted to represent Australia and I was fascinated to see how that 
you know, would have uh, played out because, you know, how would that have been? Would she have been dancing around, you know, with one of those uh, wonderful bush hats, you know, with, a, with with all the corks hanging down, singing Waltzing Matilda? I mean, you know, with, with she a would have had no, She would have had no shortage of corks, would she, the number of bottles she owned. <laughs> That's right. It's so true. Oh, well done, Janie. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I can't see her with a can of lager. I mean, I can see her with a bottle of gin, but I, yeah. I can't see her with that. And it amused me, though. I thought, oh, right, why Australia? Why would she want Australia? Um, sorry, guys, you can hear it. It's my dogs, uh, but yeah. they'll disappear in a minute. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was all good fun, wasn't it, in, in Ambridge? I mean, there were some quite yeah. bizarre things. And there was the comedy duo, wasn't there, um, between Eddie and um, Leonard. That's did, right, that's right. Yes. Apparently turned that. out to have a wonderful sense of humour. Indeed, indeed, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was quite disappointed that we didn't get to, because we often get to hear the show, don't we? The Christmas pantomime or whatever it might be. Yes. But we didn't really get to hear very much, just a bit from rehearsals. We didn't, did we? I know. No, we, no, we got the comedy due, I, th- I think, yeah. we, in rehearsal, yeah. and, a, and a little bit of Kirsty because she was uh, representing Spain, of course. That's right. Um, she, was, she was doing all that. I would like to have heard Jim doing a bit of the Iliad, because he was representing Greece. Only for a brief yeah. second, you understand. Yes. But... <laughs> I don't think that probably would have been the highlight of the event, but uh, that would have been quite fun. And of course, Brookfield did The Sound of Music, didn't they? they did that's a music I would have paid good money to hear. <laughs> I, I can't imagine what... I was hoping, because when I had... Because cause the thing is, I think as I said before, you know, we don't always get all the scripts through for, uh, for, mm-hmm. for the month. So when I knew that they were doing that, I was really hoping that we were going to get a little bit of the rehearsal, but of course we didn't get any of their rehearsal, did we? <laughs> oh. Well, there we go. But you were sat on the sofa for Eurovision. So was it? Yeah. Was it about four hours? The, yeah. the final. Yeah, it felt like ten. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. It, well, we had kept having to sort of go, you know, and have little cups of coffee or the odd glass of gin or whatever to see right. us through it. I mean, there were times, you know, I thought, oh, I can't, I just can't handle this anymore. And then I'd come back to it. But mm-hmm. of course, um, we didn't do very well. The UK did, oh. and and of course, I felt sorry for her because she was right. That she was the last act to go on. Oh, she was gosh. the last act. She was very good, I thought, but. Um, Clearly, uh, you know, not good enough. Not like the previous year when Sam Ryder did terribly well with, with his Spaceman thing, didn't he? Um, he did. I, I was surprised. I listened to her song mm. and I thought it was quite good. I, yeah. I, I, I was yeah. very surprised at how, how badly it did. Do you think it was because she was on so late and everybody was fed up by then? It could have been that, but I think also, and I read somewhere there was a bit of criticism because they felt that, her vo- that she was overwhelmed a bit by the music so her vocals weren't wow. really pinging out and I kind of see what they mean and I think possibly because she was last and because right. we had these huge acts which had been incredibly sort of neon yeah. as an act whether that suffered it was all yeah they felt that somehow it was to do with the balance of the music and the song oh, I see. and her, her voice so I've not I've not seen the live thing I've just seen yeah. the video you know the the sort of official video of the of the song which of course they then make sure is balanced terribly terribly well Mm, mm. I think it could have been I mean there were some good acts Janie actually there were some good songs um Germany was quite bizarre I mean um yeah they they were they They came last didn't they they came last we came second to last Uh, whoops but um yeah they were bizarre but I mean you know what's bizarre about them well, it was just quite an aggressive sort of 
a type of song which which wasn't really terribly pleasant have a look at it have a look uh, if you can find it it was just very aggressive and sort of in your face and and not very pleasant um i don't think graham norton liked it very much either because he was right. commentating of course um so just not very, just not very eurovision not very eurovision just it was quite aggressive and and thunderous and yeah, it was it was an odd choice actually. Um, the lead singer was it was just incredibly aggressive. It was sort of heavy metal and some, you know, oh. but but in an aggressive way. Well, I mean, um, could have loved it. Oh, he would get him to look at it. Well, he might. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he does think mm-hmm. of it. Actually, I think it was more the content of it that was the issue with it. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, no. But there were some great singers, great singers, and the girl that won. Um, a fab- fabulous voice. I mean, you know, yeah. she's Sweden. It was Sweden. Yeah. Um, Kareen, I think her name was. Uh, but no, she had a brilliant, brilliant voice. And she, I was sort of looking at the final scores, and Sweden and Finland were like hundreds of points above even the third yeah. place, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I like Finland, actually. They were great. Um, and I think everybody thought they were going to possibly win. Uh, they, they, were, they were a little group with a very good lead singer. And it was just fun. It was just a yeah. really fun piece. They did a great um, dance routine to it as well with it. Um, but yeah, it was. It's, inter- it's interesting, Janie, what goes, you know, what, mm. what the other countries go for. Because mm. it, it's that sort of Eurovision. It's, it's what is taste, what... what taste that year really um and it uh, sorry and it may be something to do i wonder with you know we're watching it on screen but maybe when you're there there's an additional element that that we don't get i don't know i don't know no with the had so with the voting it was people voting did you vote i mean could you vote we I could we could have done, but yeah, we didn't. But you didn't. Yeah, no, no. And could the people in the audience vote? Do you know? Oh no, I can't remember. I'm sure they would have been able to. There was no reason right. why they shouldn't have been able right. to, because okay. um, it became the people's vote eventually, and and that's what swung it all. That's what swung right. it all. Um, but definitely. they still had the still had the national juries and the yes, and the they, 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 and all they that. still still had yeah. yeah. Hello. I am Sweden, calling for, you know, all that. Oh. Yeah, we had all that. Um, but th- th- it was all a bit shorter because we, right. we didn't we didn't get all the business of, you know, I don't know, um, France 3 and Belgium 8. We just had the 12 points for the country that they wanted to vote for. So oh, it was I much see. quicker. It was much quicker. Um, oh. I mean, you, you still, you, you would have still had uh, the other votes for the other countries, but they didn't, not on air. They right. obviously gave them off air. Yeah. So it just made the whole thing much quicker. Because that used to take forever, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did. In the in the days of Cherry Wogan. Yeah. Oh, was... absolutely forever. Um, absolutely. Um, Sam Ryder was great because sort of in the interval, you know, when they're counting mm-hmm. up the votes, he he sang his latest number. I mean, he does have an extraordinary voice, mm-hmm. that that guy. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was it 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 was great. I mean, it was it was terribly entertaining, but. We just couldn't get over the amount of money that must have been spent on it. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the different ideas that s- countries have, I don't think that, you know, what they're presenting is is going to be the bee's knees and, and going to win. The, the, I liked Italy as well. There was a ballad there. The problem was 
as Sue, my partner, said, uh, there wasn't a good tune, Sonny. There's mm. no good tunes. Um, and uh, he was... Because they were all very much in your face. It, it was very right. performance-led, I felt. Right. Um, but, but he was great, the guy from Italy. It was a really nice tune. I liked his tune. Mm. Mm. And uh, the other thing that's interesting is that Finland came second and they sang in Finnish, didn't they? Mm. But mm. so many of the acts sang in English and not in... Mm. Not in their own language, which I find fascinating. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, England, they did some stat um, uh, uh, during it about that, and I can't remember now what the stats were. But you know, yeah, there always have been a predominant um, amount in English. Yeah. Um, well, it's, yeah, it's I, sort of I, become I, the international language. I guess it's because of America. It seems yeah. to have become the international language of of music. I think so, and I think I think I may be wrong in this, but I think somebody said also because there was such a lot of very good British songwriters that that ah. could have been how it. And that's not to say you can't, if you write a song, you, you know, you can't transfer it to your own language. But it may be if if a British writer has written a song, it's all about the rhythm, isn't it? You know, yes. if you start, if you change language, it becomes can become something else. Um, yeah. But. Um, yeah, no, that is very interesting. And, and of course, ABBA, stalwart of Eurovision, uh, wrote wrote their own songs in English. Didn't they, they did. They didn't. They didn't translate them, as I understand um, it. Right. They wrote everything in English. Yeah, and I suppose maybe it's 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 got a wider market, has it, Janie? You know, wider selling market. If they do that, I guess so. I guess it must have. Um, um, in terms of yeah, income I'm, and stuff. I'm going to Spain next week, and it's always mm. fascinating just to sort of listen to the radio and how much is sung in English as opposed to Spanish. Really? Yeah. yeah. It'll be Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that is. That but, is that yeah. is interesting. But I guess I mean obviously Spain is the well Spanish rather is the predominant language when you're out there. Yeah. yeah. Um Yeah. But in terms of it's that thing about you said song you know, songwriters and mm. and all that. Mm. It was, I got back from the from the wedding, which was lovely, mm. and looked switched my phone back on, and I got something like 130 WhatsApp messages. I was like, "What has happened?" But it was all my chums in the Borchester Asylum WhatsApp group had all been watching it in their own homes together and kind of sending messages backwards and forwards, like, "Oh, Germany, and you know, what about that and that costume and so on." Oh, how funny! Isn't that it's, interesting? It's lovely because it's all about community again, isn't it, Janie, yeah, yeah. as yeah. well? I mean, as, as the listeners may or may not know and tune in if you didn't, but we did a live um, uh, podcast at the mailbox, the BBC mailbox the other week, and I'm inviting folk along who are Archer's listeners, but part of their other communities like the Borchester Asylum mm -hmm. or Academic Archers, and it was, yeah, yeah. It was the Academic Archers who hosted it. But what was interesting out of that was the community and how communities yeah. developed through the love of, in this particular instance, Ambridge and the Archers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you think about that and in terms of the wider community, we've, mm. you know, we've got uh, of course we've got Ambridge but with something like Eurovision this wider community this European community although Australia did um, 
nip in as well uh, on this one. But uh, yeah, but, I am but very, yeah. I'm always very confused at the definition of Europe that's well, used quite. by Eurovision. But hey. Absolutely. I don't quite know how that happens. But anyway, there you go. But yeah, but it is very much that and how it brought so many people together yeah. and the support for Ukraine. Yeah. Even this year, I know particularly last year because Ukraine won, but... Mm-hmm terrific support which which you know makes you have a bit more faith in humanity i think and um you know when there's so so many awful things happening aren't there in the world i i kind of wondered if ukraine might win mm. because yeah just because of what's happened um but they they were kind of halfway down weren't they mm. Mm. yeah but but still very much supported, of course. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. I gather there were lots of blue and yellow flags and yeah. all the rest of it, which is great. Um, yeah. But no, just going back to listening, I think because we are watching rather, when we were growing up, everybody used to watch the same thing because there were only three channels. You'd watch mm-hmm. the same thing. Everybody would watch More Common Wise and then you'd go to school or to work the next day and talk about it. Mm-hmm. But that happens so rarely now, doesn't it? Because we've got so many channels we all watch something different and mm. we watch it at different times you know I don't listen to the archers at seven o'clock I listen mm. to it at half past ten at night so it, with something like Eurovision it's one of those very rare occasions where millions of people are experiencing it in real time and chatting about it together mm. which mm. I think is rather nice yeah Absolutely. Abs- and, and lovely the fact that now I know there's all sorts of negatives about social media, but the fact that, you know, you talk about your WhatsApp group or the WhatsApp group, you know, we're able to actually yeah. to talk about it as it was happening, um, yeah. which which is fun, isn't it? Which is, you know, uh, just just great fun. Um, yeah. sh- should we uh, move on uh, from international waters to Nutsford, do you think? <laughs> uh, do you think, Jenny, and, uh, and our friend Dorothy? Uh, well, why not? Why not? In it. <laughs> In her last podcast, she was talking about her friend Monica and we join her again as she picks up the story of what happened to Monica after she was dumped by Dorothy's brother, Bob. So, I was telling you last time about Monica and how she got dropped by my brother, Bob. Oh, she was heartbroken for months. But she found someone else, her Len, waxed moustache and an Austin 7. Well, I was suspicious of him from the off, but he had a successful career in bathroom fitments and he made an absolute packet. Oh, they had holidays abroad. Well, you know, Jersey Guernsey, the Isle of Man. Jack didn't think much of Len, but he was always wary of any man who changed his socks more than twice a week. So we didn't socialise much as a foursome, but Monica and I always managed to find time for a cup of tea and a natter over a box of fondant fancies. And when Len went, she'd have been in real trouble without me. Oh, it was a terrible shock. No one knew he was about to pop off. We never expected him to go like that, not at his age, but she came back one morning from the Women's Institute and there he was, gone. Course, everyone knew he'd run off with a woman from the dry cleaners, but she wouldn't be told. 
She had the police round, the vicar, the, the, the woman from the spiritualist church with the knitted berry. But no, no, no one could talk any sense into her. Even when she got a Christmas card postmarked Hartlepool, she was still convinced he'd fallen in the river and had been washed out to sea. <sighs> you know, I think it was the stress of it that brought on the fainting fits. Well, she's always been clumsy, so it was typical of her to hit her head on the tall boy and knock herself out. Well, the first I know is that I get a call from her next-door neighbour halfway through escape to the country to say she's heard a terrific thump and no one's answering the door. But the police had to break in and I never found out if the man with one eye moved to Six Mile Bottom. Well, she had eight weeks in a convalescent home after that, and she came out with more drugs than the mafia. Terrible dopey she was. If she'd not had amoebic dysentery, she'd still be on the tablets now, only with the vomiting and the uh, <clears throat> other end. There was no way she could keep them down or in. Oh, she's had her money out of the NHS, as Monica other people have to journey to foreign parts to get obscure intestinal diseases, but not her. One trip to the hot dog van and her bowels implode. It took me months to get the shine back on the tiles in the toilet, and my roller blind was ruined. But as I said to her at the hospital afterwards, that's what you get for eating shop-bought pies. <laughs> My mother always had a thing about the dangers of shop-bought pies. I swear I get stomach cramps if I even look at a frame Bentos tin in, in Sainsbury's. <laughs> yeah. You know, I wonder if uh, tin pies are one of those things that you miss if you're an expat. Mm. You know, things like um, Heinz tomato soup, uh, maybe Bird's Custard, Marmite. Um, a little story here, Sh Shippham's Meat Paste. I don't know if you remember Shippham's Meat yeah. Paste, but we have a relative in Canada, I I English, and we went over to stay with them some years ago, and she said to me, she said, before you come, she said, could you go and find several tins of Shippham's Meat Paste, please, uh, for my husband? Oh. Uh, so yes, oh, anyway. Um, so really, we should open this up to ask the listeners, shouldn't we, uh, Janie, if, if, if that might be so. Now, our producer, Jake, has discovered that some of you are in very far-flung places he did we were amazed at the countries you tune in from mm. and maybe this this is one episode where we should actually allow jake to speak so he can tell us a bit more about it um yeah. hello jake have you got a voice hello yes i do <laughs> i i do have a voice uh just just about when i've uh, managed to unmute myself as well as unmute other people um which always tends to go well um, yeah, I was actually scribbling some stuff down while uh, you guys were talking about Eurovision, and I just thought it was worth noting that while Eurovision has 26 nations uh, competing, we have 50 countries that listen to us. Wow. Um, so make of that what you will. Golly. Gosh, yes. that is absolutely fascinating. Because when you sent over the analytics that you had done, um, it was just so... T tell us a bit about that, Jake, um, the analytics and how it works. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the analytics are are really well t to me pretty interesting um so you know for example obviously the united kingdom is our uh, is our biggest listener um then followed by the united states um then followed by australia um then canada then new zealand ireland um and then after that we get into the non-english speaking countries so you've then got uh, spain france uh, singapore 
is I think number okay. eight or nine on this list, which is extraordinary. Um, and then, yeah, you've got the rest of another 50 countries. I would point out we have six listens from the Russian Federation. Um, oh, so, that's um, interesting. You know, everyone, loose lips do sink ships, so be careful. Um, <laughs> um, and then, and we've got uh, somebody in Iraq, haven't we? Yes, we've got we we've got somebody in Iraq. Hello, in Iraq, if it's we've got, you, it's somebody in Iraq, Jordan, Lebanon, uh, the United Arab Emirates, um, Saudi, yes, Saudi Arabia. We've got Israel, Saint Lucia, Saint Lucia. Saint I'd Lucia. like an invite, please. Whoever, who, who, whoever's listening, oh yes, we'd love to come over. Yes, we've had, we've had two listens in St. Lucia. So, um, <laughs> and and the country that I hadn't heard of, uh, New Caledonia, um, as Ooh. well. Um, which I think, from looking looking at the map, is a is a little island in between kind of Australia and New Zealand. Oh. Um, and it is tiny. Um, so, so yes, I mean, it's all very interesting. And then you've got, what's very cool about our analytics, and I'm sure everyone finds this, is that you can also see the uh, most listened to cities um, mm. as well. Um, and unsurprisingly, uh, in the UK, London is our most listened to, our most listened to city, but then you have a, a huge demographic all over the country. Um, and uh, our most listened to uh, city in uh, outside of the UK is Sydney. Um, it is, and we've got more people listening in Sydney than we have in Southampton. Yes. Gosh, that's interesting, isn't it? That's... Hello yes. in Australia. <laughs> Hello, yeah, darlings. Hello. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't say that. I, know, I'm not I, making I just love Australian the accent. Impression. I just love the accent. And also because Lillian was supposed to be representing Australia in Ambridge. So, hello, darlings. Hello. Right. I see. We I can see. move on now. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I've but, had my moment. But then, yes, in the US, it's Laverne, which I've never heard of. I don't know where Laverne is. It's in um, California. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, we can do a live podcast in California if anyone... What I was going to say, we're up for, we're up for invitations we're up for to any of these places. Um, what about Montecito? <laughs> I wonder if Harry listens. Harry in, um, in Montecito. Do. You never know, Prince Harry. It could We'd do. We'd like I mean, an invite. Well, that we've got nice. Lakeland. We've got Chicago. Um, we've got New York. Uh, Leominster. Oh, lovely. Leominster. Yeah, L- uh, Lempster. Yeah, might be but bad. in the states, not. Oh, in... it's oh right. So it probably is Leominster. Well yeah. I don't know. I mean, right. uh, hey, listen, it, no, we, we can take right. whatever pronunciation we want at this point. Uh, Boardman, uh, Gresham, Longmount. Wow. Um, and yep. uh, and then Tarrytown. All of these places I've no idea about. But um, they're all in the states, amazing. aren't they? Yes. So, but I think ha- what's very interesting about these stats, and I'm sure you two can um attest to this is that i think a lot of these people must be british um expats who have mm. moved to these countries mm. and they're desperate for a slice of home mm. 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 i'm sure because again when we when we did our um live podcast in 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 birmingham um jacqueline berto shared a lovely story didn't she uh about how she was out in the arab emirates wasn't she's she in saudi one? saudi she's that's saudi. right and um yeah, the, the, she she used to have tapes sent across to her, and and uh, there were there were about three or four of them, I think, there weren't there, that list, loved the archers, and it was in the days of tapes, and they they used to listen to the tapes. So yeah, it, it is bringing a bit of home, isn't it, to wherever you're living, really? Yeah, and a bit of the countryside. I, I'm sure, and it's maybe easier now because of BBC Sounds, which I think you can listen to in very many countries. But yeah, in the old days. 
you either got tapes sent to you or you or you missed it and in the same way I used to take loads of stuff over to my friends in Spain you know mm. Marmite and all that kind of thing um, mm. Yorkshire tea um, Stilton but now they can get most of that stuff anyway mm. but mm. it used to be a taste of home absolutely and you know there's no place like home quite frankly no. is there you know no. it's that that which is which is familiar indeed um, have I you said know. before about how I nearly got arrested taking Marmite to Dublin? Oh, no, please tell us you haven't. <laughs> We're all ears. This is when my friend Ali was living in Dublin and uh, she she missed Marmite. She couldn't get it over there. We're going back many years now. So I got two big jars of Marmite and I got my big waterproof jacket on and stuck a jar of Marmite in each pocket. Um, got to security, thought nothing of it. And then, what's that? So it's Marmite. I got taken to one side. I was like, it's, it's Marmite. But apparently it's used extensively by people smuggling drugs because the sniffer dogs can't get past the smell of the Marmite. So empty Marmite jars. Oh. Um, yeah, were in How? those days used for used for bunking drugs in. And, and so, that's, <sighs> so I thought, I, I was like, I had no idea. No idea. I was like, what do you think's in it? It's Marmite. So did they open it up? They opened it up and had a look. Right. So yeah. they didn't, right? Oh my goodness! They could that see is, that it was sort of, you know, yeah. virgin marmite. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> How fascinating! Well, I never knew that yeah. about marmite jars. Yeah, my go. goodness! So I, I mean, really it's arrested. fascinating with drug smugglers. I mean, obviously, you know, highly illegal, and we don't condone any of this behaviour. But some of the things that kind of people mm. come up with to kind of smuggle things through. I mean, you know, they should probably be at the the height of industry, really, in another career, instead of um, getting drugs through. But just so creative because yeah. I wouldn't have thought that Marmite would be a, a you know yeah. something a dog would get confused by I don't yeah. know I Very suppose it's because it's such a strong smell you, it, it overrides every other smell so no, they are very clever aren't they because you've got if you go to Australia is it Australia they have fruit sniffing dogs oh really it's either Australia or New Zealand I think it's Australia yeah mm. because they don't want you taking fruit in there in case it's got parasites or disease or whatever so yeah they have they probably have drug sniffing dogs as well but they also have fruit sniffing dogs at the airport yeah because one of my daughters got caught with an apple in her rucksack this very sweet dog sat down and sort of at her feet and she went oh cute dog cute dog <laughs> and then sees her yeah 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 <laughs> and then and then she got a rucksack searched and her and her apple confiscated <laughs> Oh, God. Bizarre. How did we get onto fruits? I've done this again, haven't I? We were talking about something sensible, like where people listen, and now I'm talking about smuggling I drugs. Mean, I mean, I think it was because I was eulogising about the ingenuity of, of drug smugglers. So, I mean, probably oh. fruit is the is the better option of the two, yeah. really. But I think, I think when we are visiting people overseas, maybe we could just take birds' custard and Chippum's meat paste yes. and not drugs. Probably. Yeah, I think that would be Seems the, the best thing. Can I can I just double check, Jade, with these analytics? So when yes. you say we've got, oh, I don't know, I don't know, uh, uh, 391 listens in Cambridge, does that mean individual people or are we talking about just literally people tuning in? So it could be more than that. Is that what uh, you're saying? So that's individual listens. So that is, so that could be, I mean, I, 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 I was saying to Janie that I think quite a few of um, these listens can just also be people who they happen to listen to the 
to the podcast in this location um rather than mm. they could like live there or be from there um but they mm. are it's an individual listen not individuals if that makes Got sense you. So it could be one person listening to one episode 391 times. Yes, exactly. And or um, could be going around the globe just randomly turning the podcast on as they're going through an airport or a time zone. That's a wonderful image. Um, Which, you know, would be be highly entertaining. Okay, Um, so if we want to boost our analytics, we just need to (laughs) raise the money for a world tour and sort of like listen to the podcast everywhere we go. Well, yes. I mean, I suppose the only thing with that is it would then still be individual views. So we'd need to bring, you know, kind of 10 or 12 people to then go to each country with us to then and we'd have to listen to all the episodes. It would be quite time consuming. I suppose it would. We need because you used to do a lot of gigs on cruise ships, didn't you, Sunny? Mm. Mm. Um, It's just related shows and things. Absolutely. You've been to some amazing places. So that's what we could do with really. We want to do a, a podcast on a cruise ship. Yeah. so that we've got everybody on the cruise ship to listen to Yes, it. so so uh, representative, please, from Fred Olsen uh, or Saga or whatever, <laughs> who is you listening, know. please, we are up for it. We have the technical know-how and uh, we are free. Yeah, I've got sun cream. <laughs> it's been yes. got yes. sun cream. It yes. should be very careful at the airport if we have to fly to the no ship marmite. by the airport. No, no, no or apples, apparently, which is, y- <laughs> no, yes. No marmite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, be up for that one. Oh, podcast on a cruise ship. I think that'd be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Really. Absolutely. We'll I mean, put that one out there. The only thing is, if they bring us on for just one podcast, do we, we'd mm. need to do it in the bay, wouldn't we? Or else we're, we're doing like an hour and a half of, of podcasts and then sat there going, well, we're rather stuck here. I don't think they're going to well, get no. a helicopter Well, off. no, 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 no. We probably would have to do three or four podcasts if it was a yeah. fortnight. But yeah. that would be all right. That'd be that would all right. be all right. And we could have guests. Listen, we're selling this show. <laughs> this could be fantastic. <laughs> Write your own Archer's script, even. Absolutely. Well, while we wait for the invitation for the uh, cruise <laughs> yes. and the cruise liners and the running buffets, uh, what's yes. for dinner at your house tonight? Oh, well, uh, you'd be pleased to know that it's it's nothing to do with spaghetti in any form. What? Bolle- no, it's not spaghetti bolognese, love. No, it's not tonight. No, no, because I'm I'm pushing myself beyond my borders in this sense, if you pardon the expression, because... I'm going to take a little bit of a tip from Ambridge because oh. apparently Helen made some fantastic Eurovision fritters. And I'm going to see if I can find the recipe for the fritters and also a Spanish-style hot chocolate. Yum. So I, I, Yes, yes, yes. So I'm off now. I'm going to do a little bit of investigating on the internet to see if I can find that hot chocolate. And I'll let you know when I'm on the next podcast how I go on. Tip top. Well, I should be... I love Spanish hot chocolate, so I shall be. So you know all about it. You can send me up. then. A, oh, you can send me the recipe for it then. You know, the churros with it, like the donuts to dip into it. That's the. Ooh. Anyway, this is sounding calorific. We're, How yeah. lovely! Yeah, we're we're oh, getting no. into. We're we're just going to drift off into talking about food now. So I think yeah. we should probably say, "Tara, Tara, adios." <laughs> all right, <laughs> bye bye, darling. Auf Wiedersehen. Ole. Au revoir. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our One Stiletto in the Grey podcast. If you'd like to see behind-the-scenes clips and bonus content, please visit our Facebook page, One Stiletto in the Grey podcast. And if you'd like to ask any questions, follow us on Twitter at One Stiletto 65. This podcast is produced by Raggedy House Productions and the music composed by Tom Smith. See you next time! <laughs> <laughs>